come on, come on. Give somebody a warm handshake and a holy ghost. Tell the person I love you with the love of Jesus. If the person did not smile, change your seat. And sit with happy people. Because today is the last day of this great meeting. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. It's a great privilege once again to stand before you. And you know, I so much appreciate the man of God, Apostle Joshua. That Life Center for this great opportunity. Can you just put your hands for your pastor? Oh, you can do better than that. Put your hands for your pastor. You don't know what it takes to bring all these men of God into this place and It takes the love of God in one's heart to do it. The desire desire for you to grow spiritually. That's what it takes. Amen. Amen. If you've been around the morning sessions when I'm there, how many kids have you gotten now? Because I've been giving you keys every time I come in the morning. On the first day, I gave you key number one. If you were here, okay, okay, somebody said prayer, the power of prophetic praying. Yesterday in the morning, I gave you another key. I hope you have not lost your key. And what was the key? Understanding the times and the seasons. Don't lose your key. Because when you lose your key, you cannot have access. And I want to give you the third key, which is very, very important. I have few minutes, so I'm going to try to speak a little bit slowly for you to understand because this is very important. And I will ask ask you to write down notes and write down scriptures that you might have to make reference because I'm not going to get enough time to go through all the scriptures that I want to go The first scripture that comes to my heart this morning is in the book of John, chapter number 8, verse 32. John, chapter number 8, verse 32. And that's going to be our foundational scripture this morning. 
And the scripture says, And you shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. And you shall know the truth. And the truth will set you free. What it means that the truth has power in itself to deliver you. When you know the truth, when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Now the word know, the word know is different from just a head knowledge. In theology, there is a principle of first mention. Principle of first mention. Okay. If you really want to know the meaning of a word and the use of the word in the Bible, you have to go back to the first time that word occurred in the scripture. Are we together? Wave your hands if you still say it. All right, all right, okay, okay. Now, now I, what I was saying is that if you really want to know the meaning and the usage of a word in the Bible, you have to go to the first time that word was used. To see how it was used. The first time the word no is used has, has to do with the time the Bible says says that Adam knew his wife. What that means was Adam had an intimate relationship with his wife. It didn't just mean that that was the first time Adam saw the wife, but Adam had something different a close intimate relationship so when the bible says and you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free it's talking about you coming into a close intimate relationship and understanding of the truth it is it is different from just head knowledge. It is revelation. Oh, give your hands to the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, when you know the truth, when you have the knowledge of the truth, when you have the revelation knowledge of the truth, it will set you free. It has power to set you free. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. And so this morning, I just want to go into something that, you know, you know, some, you know, it's been touched already. 
But I want to take a step deeper into it. I'm going to be very real. Hello. Sawa. Tell your neighbor I release the pastor to be real. Release me. So tell somebody I release and Tell me you are free. Hey, so tell me the truth. I won't get upset. I'm ready. Are you ready? Are you ready? Should I go on? I'm going something a little bit deeper. Because you, you hate so much already. But I'm going a little bit practical. How to apply what you already hate. I'm going to touch some things. Can I? All right. So the third key, the third key that I want to give to you is that if you want to have victory in your life, in your life, you must deal with your household enemies. You must you know, first of all, destroy your personal enemies. And the problem is that some of us do not know the enemies that we are fighting. That is the problem. We know that there is a devil and the devil is fighting us. Paul said, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But I know that, you know, before you can defeat the principality of you know Burundi you have to defeat your personal enemy this enemy is what I call personal stronghold stronghold now the word stronghold is very simple to understand it means that it is strong and is holding. That's it's strong. It's holding. You know the Bible. You are born again. You are filled with the Spirit of God. You speak in tongues. You love God. You are dedicated. You are tithing. You are giving offering. Something is holding you back. And you don't know what is holding you back. That is what I want to deal with this morning. I call them personal strongholds. Tell your neighbor, if you don't discover, you will not recover. You will not recover. For you to recover, you have to discover it. The Bible says in the book of Daniel, chapter number nine, that while Daniel was still in Babylon, Daniel has experienced the power of God. You know, they have experienced the power of God. But they were still in Babylon. God has delivered them. 
delivered him from the lion. But he was still in Babylon. And Daniel began to say, why am I still in Babylon? He had prospered. But he was still in Babylon. He was a governmental personality. But he was still in Babylon. And so Daniel said, why in Babylon? the Bible says in Daniel chapter number 9 that Daniel discovered he discovered the prophecy. He discovered something that was said something that happened and that made him to begin to start to pray and to fast for 21 days. If you continue to read, if you continue to read from Daniel chapter number 9, you will discover that after Daniel discovered something and fast and pray, the power of Babylon was broken. Somebody shout hallelujah. So this morning, I want to deal with what the key material is that you must destroy your personal stronghold. And that is by knowing the truth. I want to deal with stronghold that is common to everybody. The first stronghold and the most important stronghold that affects everybody that is sitting in this house. Everybody that you see is a stronghold of what I call sexual immorality. Great. Somebody says sex. Now so look at how you, your mouth is heavy. Say sex. You say sex, they say gender. <laughs> now, you, now I told you I was going to get a little bit real here this morning. Uh, because it's something that they don't talk about it in church most of the time. But it's something that happens to everybody. Okay, now everybody, look at the way you're looking at me. They don't talk about it so much. But everybody does it. Everybody look innocent in the church. But it affects our life. 90% of your success in life. 90%. Listen to me because I'm trying to slow down here. This is important. I don't want to preach. I'm trying to stay slow. So that you can understand because I want you to understand. 90%. Of your success in life depends on the person that you have had sex with. Okay, let me say it this way. 
90% of your success in life depends on who you get married to. Yes. We're going to go into the Bible. I will show you something right now. That's why we are here. And you know why? Why I want to say this? Because sometimes we are told in the church do not fornicate. You shouldn't have sex until you get married. It is bad. It is a sin. And you just don't know why you can do it. Everybody else is doing it. And so even some people will leave the church. And sometimes we don't understand why pastors say don't get married to the unbeliever. When, when I have already fallen in love tell somebody don't fall in love you know why I say don't fall in love how many of you know why I say don't fall in love you see because you don't know the reason so you will eventually fall in love because every time you fall in love, you get wounded. How many people have Every time you fall, you get wounded. Fall in love. Is he telling you what I'm telling you? Yeah. Okay. Every time you fall. You get wounded. So my style My style is to walk into love. Because if you fall, you're going to get wounded. Tell somebody is about to tell us the truth. He's about to tell us the truth. Every time you fall in love, you get wounded. So you have to walk into love. The church tells us don't fornicate. And I ask myself, why should I not have to age? I want to give you the reasons. Let me read you a scripture quickly. I'm not going to have time to read it, but I want you to write it down. I'm going to tell you the story. The Bible says there was a man whose name was Judah. Judah was one of the seven, uh, one of the children of Jacob. Abraham, Abraham Isaac, Isaac, Jacob, Jacob, and Judah, Judah was one of the twelve sons of Jacob. Okay. Now, 
In Genesis chapter number 49, about verse 10, write it down. Write it down. Genesis 49, about verse 10 to 12. The Bible says, and the Bible gives us the revelation of the very purpose for which Judah was created. Are you following me? I have said yesterday or there before yesterday that you were created for a purpose. You were created to solve a problem. I said that you were created to solve a problem. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse you know, 4 downwards. It before I formed you, I had a purpose for you. So every one of us here, were created for a purpose. And the purpose for which Judah was created was that Judah will be responsible to, con to bring out the kings in the land of Israel. It is in that scripture there. Are you following me here? Judah's purpose God says Judah, you will be responsible to always produce the king in Israel. And even the Messiah, the king of kings, will come from you. That is a prophecy there. But Judah did not know that. Judah did not value that. So in Genesis chapter 38, open your Bible. Follow me as I tell you the story. Write it down, read it. Genesis 38. Just write it down. The Bible says, Judah. Judah went down Aragenda. to visit a friend. Aragenda. Can I break it down? Can I break it down? Judah, Judah. came to Burundi to visit a friend. And the Bible says Judah was a, a bachelor. When he came to visit a friend, in Burundi. Alright. And the Bible says when Judah arrived in Burundi. He came to visit a friend. He saw a cherry. He saw a, a lady. He saw a beautiful girl. Hello. Hello. Are you still here? Can I tell you the story? Okay. Judah saw a beautiful girl. He fell in love. With the girl. 
and they had sex together. In that Genesis 38, I did not hear that they said that Judah got married. He just saw a girl. He fell in love with the girl. And they begin to do the thing. They say, I love you, you love me, I love you, you love me, we all love each other. There was no proper marriage done. And the Bible says that the woman become pregnant and they have their first son and they have the second son and they have the third son. No marriage It's in that Bible portion now. And the Bible says, now remember that this man, God responsibility for him was that this man will be the one that will be producing the president for Burundi. The president will always come from the tribe of Judah until the Messiah will come from the tribe of Judah. But here is this man Falling in love, not married properly. Hello. Hello. Are you still here? Okay. I'm going to help somebody today. So the Bible says the first son was enough, old enough to get married. So he got married. He was wicked. God killed that child. It's in that Bible. And Judah said to the second son, take your brother's wife. He didn't have a child. So that you will have children on behalf of your brother. And the Bible says in that chapter of Genesis 38 that 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 second son realized that these children will not be his own children. So when they were doing the thing he used condom. <laughs> and look at them looking at me as if I'm speaking something strange. <laughs> and uh, go read your Bible now. And the Bible says God killed that child. So how many children remain? One. Okay. Now Judah came to the lady. The daughter-in-law. And said to that child, uh, you go to your parents' house because this boy now is not up to marriage age. He is still 16 years old. When he's at least, if he's up to 18, you can come back and marry this one. But the Bible says Judah was afraid that this one will also die. 
So the girl went back to their father's house. And the Bible says that, you know, a period of time passed. This boy has reached 21 years. And this girl does not hear any SMS. Come back. There was no email. Come back. And then one day, this girl heard something that his father-in-law was coming to their town. Are you still here with me? I'm going somewhere. Just stay a little bit because this is very sensitive. You've got to get it this way. If you can discover some things, you will recover. So the Bible says that when the, this daughter-in-law heard that his father-in-law was coming to town, you know, there is how the widow, if your husband died, there's a way you dress. I don't know whether it is a tradition here. But in African culture, everywhere so when this girl heard that his father-in-law was coming, he removed the widow's garment. And wear some miniskirt. And put some lipstick. And some eyebrows. Let me talk to people. This, 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 one, one, to, this one, they look too innocent for me. Let me talk to you. Now, are you following me? He heard that his father-in-law is coming to town. He removed the widow's garment. He put on some miniskin. Some high heel. Some lipstick. And all of those things that happen. You know what I'm talking about. Don't look at me like that. You know and went to the, you know, to the, to the bus station. And his father-in-law was going to arrive. And just paused there. He did what is called catwalk. He was just walking. Uh, was it? Hey, hey! Somebody's understanding me. Can I go on? Can I tell you something? That is in the Bible there. I was wondering why was this girl doing things like this? Why is the daughter-in-law doing something like this? When I was reading that scripture, the Holy Spirit told me there is something that this girl knew about Judah. There is discovered about his father in law. That's why she was behaving like that. Do you want to know what he discovered? Do you want to know what he knew about his father? How many of you want to know him? Okay, let me help you. He knew that his father-in-law does not see anything in skirt and blouse. 
and pass by. Did you understand what I just said? He discovered that his father-in-law was a womanizer while he, she was living there. While she, was living, while she was married to the, the two children that died. So when his father-in-law was coming to town, she just posed with some mini skirt. And the Bible says, as soon as Judah came down from the taxi, who did she see? You just saw this beautiful girl. From head to toe. It's he came for business in the town. Remember how he got married. Remember how he got his children. He was going to visit a friend. <laughs> so now he's in here in town for business. And the Bible says, when he came down, he saw this girl and he said hey girl what's up hey you looking cool man so can we hang out for some time your face look familiar how many of you ever said that before you came to church <laughs> you, you know how you started and Judah started rapping did not even know that he was rapping to his daughter-in-law. Are you still here? So they hold their hands. Judas said, well, I don't think I'm really late for business. I, I think we can relax here and have some cold drinks. And they went into the hotel and they did it. Are you still understanding me? After they did it, and Judah said, oh, you know what, I'm almost late. Yeah, <laughs> The girl said, you have to give me something. He said, you know what, hey, I didn't come with enough cash. If I knew I was going to see a beautiful girl like I would have come prepared. And so, uh, hey, yeah. The girl said, you have to drop something. Uh, so, well, Judah had a, a ring that in his hand. He had a bracelet, a chain on his neck, and he has a staff, a walking stick. Listen, listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. I'll, I'll soon be done, but I'm going to tell you one single truth. And Judah said, you know what? I didn't come with enough cash. I don't think you want to play tricks with me. You can't just have me. You can just have me and not give me anything. Give me something to hold. When you go back, you send me Western Union. And Judah gave him his ring. Gave him his chain. And gave, him, gave her was the walking stick. Every time you get involved as a believer 
in illegal illicit I'm getting somewhere. So Judah had sex. And left those things. And went back. He didn't see the girl. He went and sent a message. From his friend. Oh, when you get to the bus stop, there is this girl that normally stands at the bus stop. He this morning, the friend went there. He did not see the girl. Few months after, an SMS came. Judah, Judah, your daughter-in-law is pregnant. And Judah said, This one cannot happen. How can this girl disgrace the family like this? I told her to go and wait. Until this boy is finished school. Until this boy finished school. Now she should become pregnant. He called the family. Hello. Hello. Set up a meeting. I want to know why this girl is doing this kind of a thing. And the elders gather. And Judah arrived. Well dressed. And they told him, he said, your daughter-in-law, he said, well, I'm, I'm really upset. I'm very, very angry. Call her, call her to come. That is in Genesis 38. Yeah. And they called the girl. And come. And Judah said, Look at you. you. Look at the way you disgrace this family. Who is responsible for this? And the girl said, <laughs> I, I don't really know his name, but you don't know his name. This is I don't know his name, but he said he was going to come back, but he never came back. And Judah was looking at this girl. He said, You know what? You really disgrace this family. The girl said, but, but he gave me things to keep. He said he will come back. <laughs> hey! Hey! I said, Go and bring it. Bring his ID. Let me see. And the girl went and brought. <laughs> And when the girl brought this, the, the, the signet and the chain, 
understand who did they belong to the bible became silent now that, that, that didn't end I'm going somewhere quickly I'm going to I don't know why I was chosen to be the last speaker because I like to do it in the morning so walk with me a little bit just walk with me a little bit are you, are you willing to? Can I go on? You want to know how this ends? Okay, okay. This is just a Bible story. Because, because you know, Pastor Elijah said, read your Bible. When you read the Bible, you discover some ah, things. And then, you know, in that kind of pregnancy, a child that is born out of that kind of sexual relationship where the, the father-in-law sleeps with the daughter-in-law the Bible calls that kind of a child a bastard so now the man that was responsible to produce kings, the man that God has, has created to produce the presidents, the lawyers, important people for the nation, has produced a bastard. Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 2. Open your Bible. Deuteronomy chapter 23. And this is what God says. This is the law of God concerning a bastard. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 23 verse 2 a bastard cannot enter into the congregation of the law until 10 generations until 10 generations so what has happened Judah opened up her life, his life and allow the enemy to build a stronghold of sexual immorality. I will show you the problem. How that has been working. So now he has produced a pastor. And God has said, you see, God will not change because of you. The Bible said, know you not that the Lord your God does not change. The God of the Old Testament is still the God of the New Testament. He has not repented. He has not changed. He is the same yesterday. He is the same today. He is the same forever. God will not bend his word for you. God will not bend his word. Sometimes we do, we do things. We know it is wrong. But we say God understands. How many of you? Just be sincere. You want to pay your tithe. 
and then you find out that you know if you take this uh, this 100 out you, you cannot settle all your debts and you say this month I am not able to pay my tithe God understands God does not understand anything the Bible the only thing that God understands the only thing that God understands is his word so the word says that if a bastard cannot enter into the program of God for 10 generations. So now, God has to suspend the plan that he had for Judah for 10 generations. If you open the book of Matthew, chapter 1, write it down. Matthew chapter 1. You see, when you start reading Matthew chapter 1, the first word it says, the book of the generation of the Jesus Christ. The son of Abraham. The son of David. That's the first sentence there. Now, when you, and then he start mentioning from Abraham. When you get to Judah, I want you to count from Judah to David. It will be 10 generations. That is the time the Bible says there was no king in Israel. That is the time that you have the book of Judges. There was no king in Israel. That's why you have the book of Judges. There was a judge that will raise up that was supposed to be producing the president has failed. He has failed. And God, even though he loved Judah, has to keep his word. Let me let you understand The spiritual reign, in the spiritual reign, there is no fraud you cannot steal. The devil is a liar to you. The devil is not a liar to God. You didn't understand that. The devil can only lie to you. He cannot lie to God. In the realm of the spirit, I cannot lie to you. Because you see through me. Everything is Whatever I'm thinking, everybody knows what I'm thinking. So I cannot lie. So in the court of heaven, who is the judge of heaven and earth? Who is the judge? God Imana. is the almighty judge. How many of you have ever been, been to a court before? Wherever there is a judge, there is accused. And there is a prosecutor. Hello. 
Hello. Now the job of a prosecutor. Pero, he, is to try to send you to jail. <laughs> that is his work. He's going to interpret the law. According to section so, 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 so. This man has taken this pillow. This to this place. And the law says, when you take this pillow from here to here, you will go to jail for 10 years. And then you need a lawyer. You have a lawyer. Can I show you the court in heaven? The court in heaven. God is a judge. And God is a righteous judge. He will obey his rules. Who is the prosecutor? The devil. The devil is a prosecutor. Who is your lawyer? Jesus Christ, our advocate. That is your lawyer. That is your lawyer. So in the court of heaven, the devil came to God and said, Mr. Almighty God, according to Deuteronomy chapter 23 verse 2, according to your word, God, you said, if a man produce a bastard, you will not walk with him until 10 generations. What do you say about Judah? What do you think God will say? Will God say, well, you know, I like Judah God said, it's true. So God did not walk in the tribe of Judah for 10 generations. I'm going to just be a little bit patient. It's the last session today. Let me walk this out. It's the number three key. I want you to, get, you're going to discover something about your life. The Bible says, when you look at that Matthew chapter number one, from Judah, in the 10 generation, somebody came from the tribe of Judah to become a king. Who is that person? David. David. David came from the tribe of Judah and became a king. David came from the tribe of Judah. He became a king. Ah. Oh. Can I show you something about David? Because people from the tribe of Judah, anytime they see skirt and blouse, even if you are president, they will do something funny. <laughs> Can I tell you something? Where did he start from? He started from Judah. David is innocent. David loves the Lord. You know, yes, yes, was it yesterday we hear how Saul pursued David? David, David suffered. 
But there is something about David. He did not conquer his personal enemy. He conquered Goliath. But there was an enemy. Jesus says, a man's enemy are the men of his own household. The number three is that you must kill and destroy your household enemies. If you kill Goliath and do not destroy your household enemies, they will destroy you. Can I show you something about David? Can I show you something in the Bible? David was running and struggling and struggling and the Bible says as soon as David perceived ah. let, me, let me give you that scripture so let, let, let's, let's read that one follow me gently please follow me gently 1 Chronicles chapter number 14 1 Chronicles chapter 14 Ngoma Ambere Chuminakane Look at verse 1 to 3. Are you there? Well, let me read verse 2 for one of time. And David perceived that the Lord has confirmed him king over Israel for his kingdom was lifted up on high because of the people of Israel look at verse 3 did you see verse 3 is it in your bible what did you do and David took more wives <laughs> The moment he, he finds out that God has begun to bless him, he will If God were to bless you, wouldn't you want to worship God the more? But when David saw that God has blessed him, he took more wives. Ah, there are some men that I know. When they are suffering, is himself and the wife. The shoe will finish. Alignment, he will be walking like this. He call his wife, honey. As soon as he get a job, hey, and he buys a car, he begin to have girlfriend. Is it okay? It's only happening somewhere else, not in this country. Women, is it true? You are suffering with this man when you don't have anything. My darling, you know, we are going to church together. I love you. You are the only sugar in my life. As soon as he buy a car, it doesn't come home again on time. 
As soon as David perceived that God has established him a king, he took no wives. Why? Cookie! What is wrong? Hey, people from the tribe of Judah, they have problem with schedule. They have problem with skirt and blouse. Hello? Mm. Can I speak the truth? Hello. Can I tell the truth? Can I go on? Okay, follow me here. The Bible says the devil called a meeting and said, David is making too much of waves. How do we pull David down? And all the principality, all the big, big demons, they come for a conference. And they have two days conference. How do we deal with David? And they couldn't understand. They couldn't understand. And, Lucy, and the devil said, well, we will reconvene this meeting next month because if we don't deal with David it's going to destroy our kingdom and as the meeting was about to be over one of the protocol demons said excuse me sir I have something to say and Satan said what is that he says, sir, 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 I know something about David. And so what do you know about David? He said, David is from the tribe of Judah. And I said, yes, we all know that one. And he said, sir, sir, there is something about people from the tribe of Judah. He said, what is it? And Lucifer said, From today, I promote you. Thank you for the information. Thank you for the discovery. And uh, they say, how do we do that? And the Bible says, you know the story, so I'm not going to waste my time. You know the story. And the Bible says, one good morning, David, a man after God's own heart, just he was living in upstate, just woke up and said, praise the Lord. The Lord is good. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. He's just jumping in his balcony. And Satan said, Besheba, today, you are not batting in the balcony. It's too hot. Just take your bath outside. How many of you know the story? How many of you know the story? How many of you know the story? And, and so, here is Bathsheba. You know, he just went out. Pouring water on herself. And David was just walking. And he said, eh? Eh? What am I seeing? Hey, officer. This is a man with me. Many wives. Many wives. 
feche. Officer, go down there. Bring that lady for me. He went and brought somebody's wife. Hey, hey. And David do what he knows how to do best. Like somebody from the tribe of Judah. And the woman became pregnant. Hey. The woman said, President, I miss my thing. So where is your husband? Sir, it's one of your officers is fighting in the front. Hey, Captain! Return Officer Uriah. Let him come back home and rest. Uriah. Okay. The president is calling you. He came, he said, well, well done, well done. I hear you are doing great things. I, I want, want to give you some time to rest. Go home and rest. Go home and rest. You can rest. No, just go home. The man said, the war is going on. How can I go and rest? And then he said, <laughs> okay, bring wine, bring wine, bring wine. <laughs> they give him beer to drink. <laughs> he got drunk, but he still stayed there. <laughs> and David said, Ah, this man doesn't want to work according to my plan. Okay, go back <laughs> to the army. Take this letter to the captain. When the captain opened the letter, and the director said, put this man where he will be killed. A man after God's own heart. Hello. Hello. Household enemy. For that for this one week that you've been taught and preached upon to be, for it to materialize, to come to reality, you must, first of all, Destroy your household enemy. You must kill them. So David killed that man. And married the wife. And married the wife of that man. He committed adultery and murder. Because of skirt and blouse. And the Bible says, <laughs> you know, the child from that first pregnancy, God killed that child. You know why? Because that one was going to do something. I will show you. Can I move on now? I'm going to be done very soon. I'm the last Listen. So, David is now married to Beersheba. Uh, let me leave the, that of Samuel coming to tell you know, the, the president. Mm -hmm. Now Samuel, that as a prophet came, let me leave that side. Let me move on. Now, Beersheba is a legal wife to David. And they have a child. What was the name of that child? Now say it now if you know. 
Solomon. Solomon was the name of the son that came from Beersheba and David. The Bible says Solomon was a fine man of God. When he, God came to him and said, Ask me whatever you want. Solomon, very humble and innocent child of God. Who loves God Said to God, I don't want anything. I just need wisdom to lead your people. God said to Solomon, you will build the temple not your father David. The Bible says, listen to me, I'm cutting off because of time. The Bible says, the day Solomon completed the building of the temple, the choir they were singing, the anointing was so powerful that everybody fell down. The Shekinah glory came down physically. That's how anointed Solomon was. But he was from from the tribe of Judah. Am I helping somebody? Am I helping somebody? He was from the tribe of Judah. He's anointed. He loves God. But he's from the tribe of Judah. What happened? Can I read for you? How many wives did Solomon marry? If Solomon come to this church, we need to put another thing there. <laughs> Do you wanna, how many of you are married here? Those of you who are married, you are putting prayer point. Pastor, help me pray for me and my wife. Ah, just one, just one, just one woman. I Wamuza office mitkwaro. We are pastor in Ukurin fashion. So singer, you guys are just one woman. Office, umugoro umge. I How about having seven hundred? Where did he get the anointing? Do you know what it means to have seven hundred wives? Do you know what it means to have 700 wives? Where did he get this anointing to marry all these women? Judah. People from Judah. Was the 700 enough? It wasn't enough. He had 300 girlfriends. 1,000 women. How do you manage? Where do you get the grace? Some of us are having one. We are in prayer all the time. And you have 700 inside the house. There are 365 days in a year. Hey, don't let me say something. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, you know what I'm thinking of. How many of you know what I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of how. So there must be like 
like five times in a day, <laughs> if you're going to cover a year. <laughs> Oh Lord, where did he get the strength? People from the tribe of Judah. Hey! Hey! Upon that, 700 inside the house. And he still go outside. With 300. Oh God. People from the tribe of Judah. I pray that you will not come from the tribe of Judah. What am I talking about, church? I'm talking about household enemy. We all have household enemy. You must discover what is the enemy of your household. So that you can fight the good fight of faith. So that you can fight it. Because you cannot just continue. Don't tell me that David did not love God. David never sat down and planned how to sleep with somebody's wife. That was not what he was just coming out of his house and just praising God in his house. You are so good. God, you are so good. You are so good. And all of a sudden, and he lose control. What is it that the enemy has inside you that he can Trip it on. And fold you down. You have to discover it. You have to discover it. Household To some people, it is not sex. To some people, it is drunkenness. To some people, it is anger to some people. It is divorce. I, I was counseling. A lady came to my office. I'm because I can't finish this. What I'm trying to teach you in a few minutes is to a one week seminar. A lady came to my office and said to me, Pastor. You know, I don't know what is wrong in my marriage. My husband was the only person walking. So he buys salt and everything in the house. I wanted a way to support my husband. Because I love my husband. So I prayed. And then, you know, God gave me a job. A job in a furniture company. I money. <laughs> And I buy a kitchen unit from, for our kitchen. From the time I buy the kitchen unit, my marriage is almost over. Pastor, I don't know what is wrong. I said, is it the kitchen unit? Holy Spirit, help me here. I ask her, what of your mother? So my mother is fine. And I, the Holy Spirit said to me, the mother is with the fifth man. Huh? Ah, 
I said, your mother is not with your father. How many husbands has your mother had now? This is the fifth one. I said, okay. I said, that thing that never allowed your mother to succeed in marriage is the thing that is fighting you. It's not the kitchen unit. He said, because now my husband does not come home again. That thing. Because if, when, when you find out your husband is sleeping with another woman, you feel disgusted. You want to break away. She has already had, has already had a child with another man. This was the second one. And it was about to break up. Yeah. It was about to break up so that she can go to the third man. I don't know it's not the kitchen this thing is a household enemy. A man's enemy and the man of his own household. Something is fighting you from inside. As I'm speaking now, you need to recognize what is fighting you. I know you are a child of God. fight pastors. He fight pastors. Oh man. He fight pastors also. pastor. It doesn't exclude anybody. Have you not heard? Have you not heard? The things the pastors are doing. It's not because they are not called of God. It's a household enemy. I've said it. I've helped some pastors. Sleeping with members in the church. When they have a wife. What is the problem? Household enemy. What you don't understand. Is that the only way life. The only way life. Comes from the unseen world. To the is through sex. Science. And doctors. Has proven that. When you sleep with somebody, even when you use a condom, you know, there is a transfer. Spiritually. Jesus said, if you join, or the Bible says, if you join yourself to a prostitute, you are one with a prostitute. Are you understanding me? Every time you sleep with somebody, you take from that person the curses, the problems of the last seven people you take it upon yourself and you exchange. When you sleep with somebody, there is what is called a soul tie. That's why when you break up, you have heartbreak. 
Hello. How many of you ever had a heartbreak before? You say he broke my heart. <laughs> Which heart did he break? Because you were united. I close with this. I'm closing with this. I want to let you go. The major problem in life, I said it. Your major problem is sex. Sex in Gusamban, If you can discipline yourself in that area, you can discipline yourself in every area. I promise you, there were two trees in the garden. I heard it was preached here. How many of you know the story of the Garden of Eden? There were two trees. And a tree, there was a tree of life. And there was a second tree that has two fruits. The tree of the knowledge of good and so this tree this tree bear two fruits good and evil in one tree can I help you now are you interested to know okay alright alright so they ate the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It was apple. So they eat it. If it was apple. If it was apple. When I was young, I used to steal meat from my mother's pot when it's cooking. Whenever they cook, Whenever they are cooking meat, I always come around. And when my mother turns around, I go this side. When they are coming this side, you know it's hot because it's from the fire. I just keep doing like this. Just keep recording. Yeah. Because uh, you might, I can't close my mouth. Sir. I know you, you were very good. Yeah, you are yeah, not yeah, like yeah. me. Yeah. But I'm confessing. Yeah, yeah. You not like me. Like me. But let me tell you something. When they ate this fruit, if it was apple, they ate it. Where did they cover? Where did they cover? Where did they use the leaves to cover? They covered their mouth. Where did they cover? So how do you eat meat in your mouth and you cover your mouth? Why did they cover their thought they should cover their mouth no, when they hear God coming? Because I steal it and eat hot meat, I cover my mouth. If my mother comes, I'm covering here. Where did I eat the meat? And what was the tree of the good 
that has knowledge of the good and evil. I'm going to let you go because I can't If somebody, any of you, sleep with a 12-year-old, 9-year-old girl, will you go to jail? If somebody sleep with my daughter, my daughter is, is about 12 now. If you sleep with my daughter and I find you, if I didn't kill you, if I didn't kill you, you'll be very lucky. 12 years old. If, you, if I didn't kill you before police, police arrest me, you'll be very lucky. But you know what I will do? That same girl at 21. Who's giving this woman to be taken for a wife? I will be the father that would you that when the girl was 12 is that giving you the girl to in front of everybody? Thank my daughter is Because it's not evil. Can I, I want to stop there because I think you understand me. That was a, the second tree in the garden. That Satan came and introduced Eve to Satan. And then Eve went to Adam. And Adam didn't say, hey, God said we shouldn't eat. He couldn't refuse it. He couldn't refuse it. He couldn't refuse it. I can go on and on and on and on. If you overcome sex, the lure to sex, and know why you shouldn't involve yourself in sex, you will be the problems that we have in life is that we have perverted the way life comes into this world. God, deliver me from sexual immorality. Stand on your feet. Let me stop that's David loved God. But that was his downfall. What is, the, what is the downfall of most of the people? Where do you trip? It is the same thing. We all trip at the same thing. We all fall into the same thing. Household enemy. If you're strong, but what I'm saying this afternoon is that you have to discover your household enemy. 
if you look into your family you will discover the household enemy Jesus says to Zacchaeus salvation has come to you and your household discover your household enemy lift up your hands lift up your hands lift up your hands lift up your hands I want you to begin to respond to the Lord this afternoon. I don't know what is your household enemy. 